the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. While all the other teams in town are switching head coaches, the Arizona Diamondbacks have locked theirs up. It's the Ain't No Fang podcast. I'm Steve Zinsmeister with Cody Fincher and Alex Weiner covers the team at ArizonaSports.com. Tori Lovello, a one-year contract extension through the 2024 season. On the one hand, it's great that they lock up Tori. He deserves it. This team is obviously firing on all cylinders right now. At the same time, does he really always have to get a one-year extension? What's up with that, Alex? <laughs> well, this one in particular is interesting because it syncs him up with the contracts of Mike Hazen and the rest of the front office. Ah. So they feel oh. like that made sense to where... But at the end of 2024, sort of everybody is kind of on an even playing field. But you're right, over the past few seasons, I mean, this is his third one-year extension that he's going to be on. So, I mean, it happened in 2021 when things looked bleak. They gave him another opportunity. Last year, they picked up his option. They were an improved team from the year before. And now they do it again with such a good start this season. But I, I guess it makes sense from the standpoint where you want to have everybody kind of in the same line. But it is interesting that it just keeps going year to year to year. Should Tory have been locked up for longer than one season? Does he deserve a two, three-year contract extension at this point with what this team has accomplished and not accomplished so far? Okay, I'm gonna I'm in favor of the one-year deal here um, because I mean, yeah, they're a better team. They're tied for first place in the NL West. They're one of the top three teams in the National League, but I mean. What have they accomplished to where Tori Lovello should get a two, three or four year deal or whatever you want to call it? Um, I'm not trying to drag Tori or anything. I'm I am actually in favor of him getting extended already this early. Um, like Alex was talking about in 2021, I was I didn't want Tori back. I'm gonna be honest, I didn't want Tori to come back. The team lost 110 games. Um, whether or not that's his fault or not is debatable because the roster wasn't that great. Um, but uh, and he's not in charge of who they sign or trade for or whatnot. Um, but just I know he's been here for a long time, and some of the things that Tory does, like you know, we keep talking about Paven Smith batting leadoff, things that you know, and his management of the bullpen sometimes it gets you know on my nerves and other people's nerves too, but. I mean, I think this team in particular is responding well to whatever he is preaching in that clubhouse, and I am okay with him coming back because this team right now is probably going to be, for the most part, the team next year, and if they are responding well now, they're probably going to respond well next year, too. Uh, hopefully they add some more things at the trade deadline if they're still you know in the same spot, but um, and add more in the offseason and so on and so forth, but... For the most part, the core of this team, Corbin Carroll, hopefully Zach Gallen gets inked to a long-term deal here as well. But Carroll, McCarthy, Thomas, Rojas, Marte, Moreno, those guys are all going to be here next year and hopefully for years to come. So, And I, Tory's pushing the right buttons right now, so I, I'm totally okay with this one-year deal. I'm not sure if a two- or three- or four-year deal would have been the best thing, but and I, I like the point Alex brought up, that now everyone's kind of in line with each other. Hazen, Lavello, the front office, and if, you know, if they don't get it done this year, maybe they do go in a different direction. I don't know, but... Well, with Hazen and stuff, but or yeah, in two years from now, but it certainly speaks to the importance of the managerial position. Uh, you look at a 
organization like the Texas Rangers yeah. and what a dramatic managerial change can do to your team. You bring in a guy like Bruce Bochy. There's not a lot of managers like Bruce Bochy. That's Mm-mm. a Hall of Fame manager, a guy with multiple rings, and a guy who won rings against the Rangers. <laughs> and he comes in, immediately changes that culture. They've made a lot of changes in the front office as well, and they're the second best team in baseball, only behind the Tampa Bay Rays, who won every game for the first like month and a half of the season. <laughs> yeah. um, so it, it goes to show you how important it is to have the right manager because I do think Tory was the right guy at the right time wins manager of the year in 2017 his first season as a MLB manager yeah uh they go to the playoffs the, the Diamondbacks were on the right trajectory at that time things have gone south at times since then bear you mentioned he probably anybody would have been able to justify him being there fired there is an argument a very you know strong argument that you how can you bring back your manager or coaches after you lose 110 games. The worst season in the franchise's yeah. history. Second worst. Second worst season. Okay. See, I, I <laughs> like that Alex can call me 04. on that kind of stuff. Yeah. 04, 04 was pretty bad. 04 yeah. was not great. That's true. Except they were just, uh, yeah. No, yeah. 04 was bad. It's different, it's different <laughs> for me because terrible. 04 came so quickly after like the best the, the time. championship, yeah. So that was so dramatically different. Whereas, like when you have a historically bad season in the middle of a bunch of other bad seasons, the Diamondbacks, like, okay, the Diamondbacks, like peaked really early, and then they had a really big fall off really early in their franchise's history. It was only yeah three years after they won the World Series, all of the players that won that World Series were gone. I so, think the other thing I like besides about, Luis Gonzalez, he was here for like two more years. The other thing I like about extending for one year is. If this team wants to make the Phoenix Suns decision at some point, hey, we're contending, but we're just not getting over that hump. At least you'll know Tori Lovello got you there. And if he's not the one who can get you over the hump and get a World Series ring, then you can go and find the Bruce Bochy, the, I don't know, the Joe Madden or somebody who could come in who's done it before. If you want to do that down the road, if you're contending, this allows you to do that. But for now, it gives Tori every opportunity to be that guy as well. Sure. And... What's interesting about this whole thing, and, and you mentioned 2017, it peaked and then it kind of went down. With 2017, a lot of that roster wasn't one that this current regime built. Um, they sort of were in an interesting spot where it was a veteran-laden team. And since then, you've seen them sort of pull back that version and implant their own. And that's mm-hmm. the version that we're seeing now. And through that is a process of like a, the teardown, retool, quote-unquote, and then the build-up to where we are now. And so for Tory to sort of, you know steer the ship of the of the players during that time it's sort of a difficult ask because there's so much change going on between what we saw in 2017 versus where the roster is now and sort of stripping it down to its parts and building back up like he said in his press conference on Sunday after uh, they made the move to extend him that in 2021 he kind of saw the light at the end where it was like he doesn't know if he's going to be back here but if he is he knows what's coming because they drafted Corbin Carroll, because they drafted Brandon Fott, because they've drafted these all these amount of players in the past couple of seasons, and that's the future core. That's what it would look like. And so they kept him. They stuck with the plan that they had initially to kind of build their vision of the team. And now this is that vision of the team. And he's the guy who's been, you know, at the forefront because he he what Tori does well and what Mike Hazen credited him for doing well is building that rapport with the younger players so they they know what they need to do at early stages to kind of come together and become 
good big leaguers when they get here. Like Lavello said, he talks to guys who are in single A right now or in high A ball or in double A and kind of has conversations. What are you doing to get to where you need to be at this point? They did that with the guys who are currently on this team and the guys who are coming. And I think that development from the manager on the big league club, who doesn't necessarily have to go that far in communicating with the younger guys, is a big reason why he's still here. There's not a lot of managers in baseball I would put definitively above Tory. Uh, I think that you can certainly probably put him in the top. He's definitely in the top half for me. Maybe he'd have a chance to crack the top 10 if they make the playoffs this year and make some noise. I think that's yeah. probably a fair play. Somewhere between 10 and 20. He's in there. I'm, the I'm middle trying tier. to think of managers I would take I'd over put Corey. Hard. I mean, it's hard. Managers are asked to do different things depending on their situation. I mean, I think, it's true, too. yeah. I think Dave Roberts is obviously a good manager. I mean, the Dodgers, I mean, if you just look at their team right now, they should be not not good. I mean, with all the injuries they have. and Sure, but some Dodgers fans but, might be like, why don't we have three rings at this oh, point kind of a thing. Oh. So. I have so many friends that are Dodger <laughs> fans that I met in college, and every playoffs, there's a one of my friends is like, I want Dave Roberts fired. I want Dave Roberts fired. We don't. He should have done this better. He should have put. He shouldn't have put Bruce Dark exactly. all so in here. Despite the on ring. Yeah, despite yeah. the the 2020 ring they have or what, and how good they have been since he's been the manager. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tori in in 2017, like you you were mentioning. They didn't inherit that team. The, all the talk when Tory and Mike Hazen took over was they have to build the farm system back up. That was and they and I think they were not accidentally, but they kind of stumbled into being good in 2017, and we kind of lost sight of that was their purpose because how well Mike Hazen and Amil Sade built the Boston farm system with Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley Jr., and all those other guys. Um, that came up and eventually won them a World Series. They were good in 2017, so we kind of and they had like Alex said a lot of veterans like Granky and Goldie and uh, AJ Pollock and all those guys. Well, and he made that trade and, for JD Martinez, yeah, so, which was very short sighted, right. but worked out. And they, certainly, and they didn't give up a ton for him, but no. yeah, but they went for it that year. And I feel like we as fans kind of were, you know, we then were focusing on trying to win every year. But now we're kind of seeing the results of what they what those guys were originally brought here to do was to build the farm system back up. And they've done that. It's one of the top farm systems in all of baseball. And now we're kind of seeing the 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 fruits of Mike Hazen's drafts and Amiel Sade's drafts, Corbin Carroll. I mean, Alec Thomas is not currently in the majors right now, but he'll be back. Um, and all these Fletcher, yeah, Fletcher, Paven Smith was their first first Paven, round yep, pick. Paven was Mike Hazen. Maybe that's why he keeps getting. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I do but, think there's something to that. But uh, yeah, like and all the pitchers that are going to come up now too with Fott and Jamison Nelson. Tommy Henry's been really good. He had a fantastic month of May. Um, you're seeing all these guys now come up and contribute. So uh, yeah, and and if Tory was. You know, all a part of all that. Like we, this, Tory's the manager for these guys. I'm totally for bringing him back. Totally for it, unless they, you know they have you know horrible year or whatever. But let's have a. Bull- I don't think they're gonna have a horrible year this year. Yeah, let's have a bullpen conversation. Uh, okay, Bear. I think you <laughs> tweeted something along okay. the lines of the Diamondbacks need a closer. That they need to go and add a closer in the trade market. 
Is that something? Do, am I yes. correctly representing that is your tweet? If, yeah, if you're reading it. I'm yeah. not reading it okay. from the screen. No, I'm, <laughs> no I just said, I, my thought is, and I'm not saying <clears throat> that, you know, Miguel Castro and Andrew Chafin have been fine uh, splitting in the back end of the bullpen. But I feel like you just need, contending teams usually have that guy that is, I know this year's Diamondbacks don't want to call anyone the closer. And that's fine with me. I was totally fine with that. But if they are a contending team, I think you just need that one guy that can come in and get the last three outs that's been there and done that. And I don't really know exactly who. I mean, there's a couple guys I had in mind um, that they can maybe go get. Like, maybe you go get an Aroldis Chapman, who's just on the Kansas City Royals. No. Why? Why? I don't want that guy in my clubhouse. Okay. We know for we know one thing about Aroldis Chapman. Can you bear he's not with, a good dude. Yeah, he's a piece of crap. But can you bear with him nope. for half a season in the playoffs? Nope. <laughs> okay. No, I mean that's my opinion. That's I mean, fine. Alex, how do you feel about Aroldis Chapman as an option? Uh I think that the past few years of what we've seen out of him, I mean, he's he's having a nice start this year with the Kansas City Royals. I'm just not sure how much you want to bring in another former top closer guy who can you know, potentially be that ninth inning guy, Could but it you be don't Mark really Melanson know how he'll continue to, 2. to go. Yeah. Um, to the you know to Steve's point, and um, this clubhouse is really close, and it's 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 a a really nice good vibe in there. And I don't know how Araldus changes that, but that's something they'd have to do their due diligence. How on. old is he? Oh, I don't know. Early, um, early to mid thirties, probably. I want to say. I mean, because he in his prime, he was traded to the Cubs for a huge he's 35. haul. Oh, he's thirty five. Yeah. What's it going to cost? I mean, listen, it's not going to cost you Glaber Torres like it did the right. Yankees, but uh, or the Cubs, I mean. But at the same time, like I like it. I like the idea because he's on a team that's bad, so they would be looking to offload a 35-year-old at the peak of his abilities. I totally agree with you on that. I don't want him in the clubhouse. I, 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 don't, I don't want him added to the mix with all these guys I, and, and what they've got going. I have another name. It's probably going to be harder to get him, but... What if the what if Mike Hazen gave the Chicago White Sox a call about Liam Hendricks? The White Sox are I mean they're only five and a half games out of first in the Central, and the Central is a crappy division. So Winnable, they the could, White Sox could be they a could turn it around. Though. They could turn it around, but they could be. Yeah, so maybe it takes a, 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 another you know up to the deadline to see what they're doing. But Liam Hendricks, um, he's about the he's thirty five, thirty six, I think too, but. I think he's a, probably a better person than Rollis Chapman. He's still got really good stuff. He's coming off of his uh, cancer treatment. Uh, a by the way, story. that was awesome. Yeah. Watching him run out of that bullpen. His wife screaming and the she was yelling at the umpires and everything like that when he was on the mound. But that was that was really cool so to see. So he's thirty four. He has a club option for next year as well. So his salary this year is fourteen million. Mm-hmm. Next year's club option is fifteen million. Mm-hmm. Are the Diamondbacks willing to put that kind of money into one season that they probably regret putting that amount of money into two of Melanson? I I, well, I realize they're two totally different players. I think but Liam still. Hendricks is way better than Mark Melanson. I agree. Um, it's the same amount of money, age. though. I don't know how willing the White Sox would be just from a peripheral standpoint to be like, oh, he's been back for five games. Let's time to him. trade him. Let's trade him away. Um, yeah, I just, that, I, just uh, I can't see that being something that they're like desperate I don't know. to do. If I was my case and I give him a call, oh, I think I would give him a call. Did the Orioles job, trade Mancini? 
or did he leave in free agency? He, he was traded, it. but it was a couple years. It was after, after. the cancer thing. Yeah, was it? He got traded like, to Houston. Yeah, that's right. And now he's in Chicago with the Cubs. So it's not impossible, but I think Alex about, has probably got a good. What point. about is, this? Is okay. I'm just thinking of names off the cuff. I love it. What about uh, Alexis Diaz in no. Cincinnati? That I I would be hard pressed to believe that they would trade their 26 year old closer who's under team control for years. And they're on the up and ups. They but just the called up Ellie De La Cruz. So many prospects. Okay, but well how many are you willing to know. give up for a for a relief pitcher? I wouldn't. I'm just naming names. That's, so that's my thing with this situation. Is a I think the D backs bullpen is totally fine. Um, and I think that the way that they lost that series against the Braves is a gut punch. But it was, you know, not a great start to the inning by Castro with the walk. He gives up this flare single the other way. They end up intentionally walking a batter, and then. He almost gets out of it and makes one bad mistake to a really hot hitter, and they end up losing. Eddie the Rosario remembered how to hit in this series exactly against the NL West. If you look at his <laughs> career numbers against the NL West, your your jaw will drop. It's an, it's unbelievable how good he is against the D-backs, the Dodgers, and the Giants. Uh. But um, I, and I know that's it's a it's a stinger right now, and a lot of the you know the fan reactions online have been like this team needs to fix its bullpen or overhaul its bullpen. I think this bullpen's been totally fine, even overstretched a little bit with the, sort of the starting pitching. In fluctuations mm-hmm. a little bit, and it's, sh- I think, just less of a load going forward if the starting pitching goes deeper into games will help them a lot, and getting Joe Manaply back is a big deal, who he had a great start to the year before he got hurt. And I look at the closers and who you can get, and, and, and I know Cody mentioned a couple of names. Diaz, it's hard for me to see the, the Reds wanting to move off of him. Classe, kind of same thing with the Guardians. That's a very winnable division. He is under team control. And he's a young closer, dynamic. It just it seems like it would take a lot to move him off there. And just Bednar, the Pirates look really good right now. Um, they're in first place in a pretty crummy division. The central divisions are just terrible. So Devin Williams, again, also a guy who has some team control left, is in a crummy division. And I don't know how competitive the Brewers think that they're going to be. So it's just it, there doesn't seem to be a ton of options at the very top of sort of the saves list. That you could be like, oh, they just have to go out and get this guy and everything will be saved. So I think there are certainly moves they can make, but I don't think it's as dire a spot as some people do. If you're going to make a bullpen move, it feels to me like the Diamondbacks would be in position to go get somebody's good reliever who's not a closer and make them your closer. And I feel like that's a position that they've been in before. They've done it in free agency many, many times, but uh, it reminds me of like when they reacquired Brad Ziegler. When they went and traded for him, probably out of Miami, if I'm remembering right. I don't know that he was the closer in Miami at the time, but he pretty much ended up being the closer here again. Um, I think that Alex might be onto something. I mean, if you look at the ERAs of this bullpen, or at least the members that deserve to be talked about that have been in prime roles, nobody's ERA is over three and a half. Uh, some of the whips are a little bit higher than I'd like. Andrew Chafin's got a higher whip than I like. Kyle Nelson, too. Um, but... Some of these guys have been really good. Scott McGuff has really bounced back from a rough start. Kevin Ginkle's been good at times. Miguel Castro's been solid at times. So I don't think that it's in shambles the way it's been in years previous. But maybe you look at a team like the Cardinals that expected to be good, and they've been really bad in a bad division. Maybe they decide they want to sell some pieces, and they've got a handful of relievers that I'd be interested in. That's the most interesting team. Gallegos. Gallegos. I I don't think they trade Helsley. He's too good. Jordan Hicks. Hicks. Yeah, all of a sudden he's That's an experiment that's been going on for a long time. Throwing 105. Yeah? Yeah. Strikes a lot of guys out, but he's also kind of... I don't think the bullpen needs an overhaul. Um, I like this bullpen for the most part. I just... I would... if Going into a playoff series, I just think it's important to 
maybe have the type of guy that can be a like an actual you're the closer type of person and not and i'm not even saying tory lavella would have to use the guy like that he could still have chafin in the ninth still have castro in the ninth i don't care if that's the matchup they want whatever but if you have that guy that has done that before i think it's beneficial um but yeah i don't think the bullpen needs a complete overhaul i think the bullpen's actually been a pleasant surprise I think you could year. make the case that it would be more impactful for the Diamondbacks to go get a solid two or three in their starting rotation. I would agree with veteran that. Veteran starter, please. Thank I you. would rather have a veteran starter than please adding a closer you. at any point. Um, I take A couple that of too. names that are getting tossed around. We've heard the Corbin Burns discussions. I think even Gambo's really jumped on that at times, uh, discussing it as a possibility. Hey, Sandy Alcantara stinks. Let's, you know, the Marlins. Uh, he, might have, he might have elbow <laughs> he, issues. Yeah, and the Marlins are actually... Uh, playing better so. uh shane bieber is getting thrown around now at the trade deadline is that uh, a guy one, that you would want one more year of team control he's 28 a slight down year from the cy young stuff but still a quality pitcher doesn't have to be your ace why not it just depends on the price he could be your three i mean yeah. if you want to look at merrill kelly as your two which i don't know that he he's more talented year. than bieber but he's got better numbers i mean the d-backs still have that you know uh I don't know if crowded's the right word, but they have a plethora of outfielders, outfield prospects too, like, you know, Dominic Fletcher and Dominic Canzone. Um, so what seems like a reasonable return the for the Guardians? The Guardians don't really have that good of an outfield, so maybe that's something. So who the Guardians want a young pitcher, the D-backs have some of those. They too. have those, yep, they do. What's the package? Uh, Make the call to Cleveland right now. Who I mean, you, who I would pitch him Canzone over Fletcher because I, I like Fletcher. Does Canzone get it done? Um, he's hitting not well. straight up, probably not straight up. He's hitting well, but he's not. He's not he's twenty five. He's not twenty one. Too twenty five. Yeah, he's never been a top prospect for them. I know he's hitting well at AAA, but a lot of people hit well in Reno. He's not the greatest defensive outfielder. Maybe it of is all time. Fletcher then. He's you, also twenty five. I don't think that gets it done. Does Fletcher get it done? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. No. Okay, then you guys name some names. I don't know. <laughs> Drew Jones. Gee, no. no. Hell no. You're not doing that yeah. at all. Hell no. No. Nope. Not doing it. Nope. Jake McCarthy. Yeah, I'd do it. Alec Thomas. I'd think about it. Okay. But what would intrigue? I mean, I know he's really he's pretty going to be a gold glove center fielder, but he's he's hitting in Reno, but hasn't hit very many well majors. Or consistently. You move off of him and Corbin Carroll is your gold glove center fielder. Or that. That will work. Right? I mean, especially, see, a lot of this depends, too, for We've me. We've seen what he can do in center in that series in Atlanta by itself. Sure, sure. Oh, sure. It depends on what you end up doing with Lourdes Gurriel, too. Like, is that a long-term piece for the Diamondbacks, or is that if a Lourdes short-term If Lourdes Gurriel thing? is not on this team next year, I will riot. What are you willing to offer him? Like, how do you lock up that guy? Keep asking me these questions? I, no, I don't I'm looking know. At you. I just up. want him on the team. I, <laughs> you brought him up. Uh, how much money does this. that cost you, do you think? I don't know. Um, He's got I would nine have, homers, 35 I would at least RBIs. try to keep him on, like, maybe a... How old is Lord Escurio? 29. Okay, so I'd maybe try to keep him on a two- or three-year deal, maybe. Can um, he get better on the free agent market, I wonder? I don't know. With the way he's hitting, he might. <laughs> Part of it depends on how much he likes being here, too. Because, yeah. I mean, we see teams do that here. all the time. Remember Eduardo Escobar mm-hmm. famously said, like, I just want to be here. Right. I, I don't really care what it takes. And they said, never mind, we don't want you. And then they were like, hey, you've heard of New York, right? <laughs> um, hey, we stink. Let's trade you to the Mets. <laughs> I think I traded to. No wait, I trade somewhere else first. It was White Sox, right? No. Yes, because they got Cooper Hummel. I think you're right. 
Was he really on the White Sox? Because yeah, he signed year, that right? deal with the Mets. Uh, Brewers. Sorry, Brewers. Was it the Brewers? Brewers. It was Brewers, yeah. Yeah. Because I thought that's they got where, Cooper Hummel. No, he they did. Was he not, was on the Brewers. Yeah, it yep. wasn't the White Sox. No, it was the, it was the Brewers. You're right. It was the Brewers. It was yeah. the Brewers. You've heard of Milwaukee, right? You've heard of that place. You probably hadn't. Good <laughs> beer, good cheese. Milwaukee, what's that? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the outfield conversation revolves around Lourdes. As long as he's hitting 310 uh, and potentially an all-star outfielder, I think that you have to consider that when you're sure. talking about what you're willing to give up for other pieces. Bieber entices me a lot, and I'm trying to look at it objectively because I am a Cleveland guy, so I do like Shane Bieber a lot. He's having a down year. Corbin Burns, same can be said. He's having down year by his standards. I still think the upside is tremendous, but he's probably going to cost you even more than Bieber would, I would think. So I don't Is know Corbin Burns a free agent soon? They have a. They both have one, one more year. One more year. Okay. They both have one more year. Yeah. Okay. I could see Corbin Burns. Remember the arbitration thing before he the might year not started? be happy with the Brewers. Yeah, and I could see him wanting. I mean, wanting to not be there. So maybe that could. They're also a purgatory team. So yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's an opportunity potentially just to make some phone calls, but um, it's also it's not hard to see how this team could just continue to get better pitching with more experience as, as they go on anyway. I mean, Tommy Henry's looked like he's making some solid adjustments, and who knows what Ryan Nelson will be by August. So, I mean, if even if they don't, they may not be in a horrible position. And then you look at the bullpen, and yeah, they don't have that lockdown guy, but, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a less common position to have that lockdown guy in the ninth inning at this point. Look at the Dodgers. Look at some of these other teams that kind of also kind of do it like the D-backs do it. And while it, you know, in the playoffs, it's ideal to have one. I'm not saying it's not ideal. I don't think it's potentially a crippling to not would be my case. Yeah, the Dodgers comparison is interesting because you're right. There's like four or five guys over there who are really, really good relievers and can mm-hmm. be a closer anywhere else. Uh, but that's also an organization that benefited from the antithesis of having the one guy. Kenley True. Jansen was the guy for so many years. And True. They certainly benefited from a dominant closer as well. I feel like if Ryan Nelson doesn't really start showing a ton of improvement as we get closer to the trade deadline, they'll probably go out and get a starter. One four nine whip, five and a half ERA. He's got to show something. He's got sixty-one and, a, and two-thirds innings. He's the yeah. third. He is the third starting pitcher in this rotation. Yeah, right now, in terms of how many yeah. innings. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had two good starts, a difficult one, and his last start, the numbers weren't great, but he felt okay about it afterwards. It was just sort of like a bad start. A couple of pit, a couple of pitches that they squeezed through holes, and so it, I think they feel like there's progress, and he feels like there's progress there, and that results will eventually show it. It just depends how much patience they continue to have. And granted, he's the one guy who hasn't been in Reno out of the younger guys who have started games for them this year. He's the guy that they're, they clearly see enough of him that they have the patience with him and they feel like there's sort of a pot of gold at the end of this. They're letting him work through his exactly his experience issues, I guess, is the way to best way to put it. I think any team that you look to make a trade for if you're getting a starting pitcher, I think the conversation starts at Brandon Fought. I just think that's probably what people are going to ask for. Still confident in him. I am too. No, I am too. But I think that's also why yeah. other teams are going to ask for him because yes. I think they are I've too. I've seen so many things like people on like, you know, Twitter and stuff saying like I mean, he only had what? Four starts? Five starts. Five starts. And they're saying like, he's not as good as we thought he is going to be. Well, I'm like it's five starts. Yeah. <laughs> like give the kid a chance, you know? Yeah. If I wrote everyone off after five appearances... Well, how many oh years did he play in the minors before we all started talking about him, too? 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he wasn't like he was drafted in nineteen. He didn't have a twenty twenty season. Yeah, right. yeah. he broke Nobody out did. in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Last year was a good season, and then so and he's had here. three full years in the minor leagues. Well, yeah, not counting he's this year, made it up pretty quick. All yeah. things considered, yeah. he was a, a Division two pitcher, right? Who broke out on the scene in college with the Cape Cod League. So it's it's not like he was pitching in the SEC either. It just went along with the expectations. Like you know, he's the top pitching prospect in your organization. Yeah. He came he came up and got hit around. He just yeah. wasn't ready. It not has. ready yet. Keep Blake Walston in mind, by the way. Mm. I think he's going to work. What his about way in Bryce Jarvis? That's another guy I'm kind of it's like interesting intrigued. Name. Very interesting. Yeah, name. He's, been, he's been good. Yeah, he's, he's been, been pretty good. good. He just in the moved minor up leagues. to AAA a couple weeks. ago. I wonder if he might be someone that gets dangled in trade conversations. I don't know. He could maybe For, first round pick, right? Wasn't he, he first round? Bryce, no, 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 he wasn't. Not first. Oh, I thought he was. I don't think so. Maybe I made that up. Was he maybe a comp pick? I don't um, know. Let me... I thought I, I might have made that up. No, he was a... Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I do was, that from time to time. You make things up. <laughs> oh, he was, Welcome he, to the podcast, Alex. He was a first-round pick. Oh, look. Steve, oh, Steve didn't make it up. I nailed that. So he was a... 30, Go back and edit all that You guys up. were so quick to be like, no. He was a 37th-round pick in 2019, went back to school for a year, oh, and then was a first-round pick okay. in Head 2020. Yourself, so he wasn't a first-rounder, then he was. Okay. Then he was. We're all right. Because he threw that... No hitter or perfect game for Duke. Okay, I don't remember the that. year before. I remember he. I remember that. That's cool. That was one of the things when I saw them. They drafted him. He threw a no hitter. Uh, the Diamondbacks hit the road today. Six game road trip. Three in Washington. Three in Detroit. Uh, tell me that that's not a good opportunity for some wins. Yeah. Um, Washington. They're gonna get Henry versus Irvin. Zach Davies versus Patrick Corbin. Remember him. And uh, Merrill Kelly versus, jo- uh, is it Josiah Gray? Yes, Sorry. it's Josiah Gray. Josiah. Three. Patrick Corbin, like, for the most part, has been, I mean, outside of winning a World Series in 2019 with, the, 2019? Yeah, 2019 with the Nationals. He's been pretty bad for them. He's having oh, a, yeah. he, he's having a, like, I, I mean, his ERA is still 4.92, but he's bounced back this year. He's had his good stretch. But man, I, that's one of the one of the guys that they let go that you're kind of happy that they let go. He's been not good against Detroit. They'll get likely Lorenzen, Boyd, and Wentz. Lorenzen's having a very good year. By the way, that uh, Tommy Henry versus Wentz game is on Peacock. In case you guys were Tommy Henry, the homecoming game. Michigan that zone. game at oh, like yeah. eight thirty in the morning. Uh, or something like 835 that. 8.35 a.m. Ah. Thank you, Peacock. <laughs> I hope I'm off that day. 8.35 a.m. So in early. Michigan. That's so early. And that's... Is that... Wait, that's our time zone. That's right? our time. Yeah. yeah. Time. Okay, I was going to say 8.30 a.m. on the East no. Coast. Like, oh my God. Get your orange slices. Get <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're in some trouble there. So uh, a real opportunity to add some wins uh, before we get back here next week and talk more about the Arizona Diamondbacks. A team... Uh, that locked up their their coach, their manager. Uh, not something that we can say about a lot of other teams in the Valley right now. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for checking out the podcast this week. Uh, it is the Ain't No Fang podcast. I'm Steve Zinsmeister with Cody Fincher and Alex Weiner as well. You've been listening to the Ain't No Fang podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app. Yeah.